Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. I'm Jeff Meyer, your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach. My goal with this podcast is to help you identify and clarify your own dream by taking wisdom from others' successes and challenges. If you're looking to take action on your dream, to make a difference doing something you love, but your fears are holding you back, then this podcast is for you. If you're interested in finding additional support, you can also check out my Dream Accelerator coaching program designed to help realize your full potential and reshape your future. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator program at jeffmeyer.org. Using my Dream Accelerating formula, heart-centered entrepreneurs can focus on their dream, name their fears, change their mindset, define their next, and move forward anyway. Welcome back, successful dreamers, to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer, and honored today uh, to have as my guest, Mark Bashirs from Top Wealth Agenda. We are so grateful for you taking time today, Mark, to be with us. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us where you're where you're located, anything else that would be relevant to get us started today. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to have me on your uh, podcast. It's exciting. Um, I'm originally from uh, Walt Lake, Michigan, where I grew up in the farm country of Michigan and went on to school at Fair State University up in Big Rapids, Michigan. And uh, my first career out of school was actually chasing uh, my golf passion and dream and went on to become a PGA golf member. And when I realized I couldn't beat anybody out there, I had to, had to work for a living and uh, basically became a, you know, club pro and then the club GM and, and then I got promoted uh, out of Chicago. I was at a club in Chicago uh, down to Naples, Florida, where I reside today. And I ran a big three championship golf course resort in Naples. And then I got promoted again and they gave me 10 more resorts to run. So I was the Southeast regional manager, uh, with a hundred million dollar budget. And gosh, I think we had 10,000 employees and things like that. And, uh, then that company got, got in a little bit of, it was the world's largest owner operator in the golf industry and 300 properties. And, uh, during the around 2000, you know, when the markets were went sideways, uh, the company, you know, was stressed out and basically Goldman Sachs came in and bought the, uh, stressed out original owner. And, uh, then I, so I found myself working for Goldman Sachs, which is always quite an experience. Um, wow, I bet. yeah. I'm sure that makes all my grads back at Ferris State, you know, proud to work at Goldman Sachs. <laughs> and but their but their mission was to take the 300 properties that they um, just bought on a discount and sell off, you know, more than two thirds of them and put their money back in their pocket and keep the the best one third of the properties. And uh, so what I found myself was without a job, you know, all of a sudden, you know, because that was their uh, modus operandi. And, and all of a sudden I sold, I was actually soliciting to sell the properties I was running. <laughs> mm. 
talk about knowing the right handwriting on the wall and uh, right know <laughs> your day is coming to an end yeah i i, I I'd call my boss and say, hey, that company's going to buy the course. They're really going to put in an offer. And he never once looked at me and said, well, then your days are numbered. <laughs> but then that day finally came and it was okay. Yeah. It was okay. It was, um, you know, those were, were long working nights and holidays, you know, great industry, met some great people, but yeah, worked really, really hard. So it kind of gave me a, a way to segue out of that industry um, into something I wanted to do. So I jumped in the real estate development world and started a really cool project where I pre-sold a bunch of um, condominiums, a project that I was I put together, found the land, found the deal, got the permitting, and we pre-sold 140-unit condominium development on the Peace River. For your for your audience, you know, pre-sales means you know we haven't even put a shovel in the ground yet, but yet we were taking co- contracts and thirty-five percent deposits. Uh, so so then I marched into um, National Bank and showed them all my contracts and my deposits, and I said, "I need a I need a loan. I need a construction loan to build this project. Here's the blueprint." And lo and behold, they gave me the loan. A $40 million loan. A $40 million loan. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm like, wow, this is easy. And I, and once they gave me the loan, I thought I'd just hit the lottery. And I was um, pretty excited and we got off and running. So that would have been about 2003. We broke ground. We got uh, four stories high. And a little weather event showed up. Coming down, mm. coming out of the Gulf of Mexico in 2004 was Hurricane Charlie, and Hurricane Charlie literally was supposed to go up and hit the Panhandle, and once it reached the Peace River, it took a, a 90 degree turn and rode the river right up to an, an exact direct hit into our project, a direct hit, knocked them down. I had sailboats in the in the yard. It was an absolute. Um, mess, you know, disaster, literally. Yeah. It was a disaster. I mean, I went up there the next day and the the national guard was everywhere and you're walking on glass and debris everywhere. And it it was devastating. So we could talk about that for like a weather channel event, but so I trying to fast forward from that of, of the stress and the loss of time and contractors and materials we put it back together as a developer has a builder's risk policy for, you know, events like this. So, you know, we, we still had the loan we still had the property and the project still had the deposits. However, mm-hmm. not too long thereafter, a hurricane Ivan came across the East coast that no one ever really remembers or talks about, but it hit me again. <laughs> and what's the odds and uh, what's, the odds? what's the odds? Um, and so, you know, I kind of looked and that back. Was, at, that was 2004. Four. Again, yeah. the same season. Same season. Yeah. Yeah. Just as we got cleaned up, we, we got messed up again. Um, follow. So basically, fast forward from that, I'm starting to panic because the buyers are all they can hear in the media is, you know, Hurricane Alley in Florida. You know, do they even want these units anymore? Uh, and most mm-hmm. of the buyers were European. 
um, just trying to get a piece of Florida back then. It was, uh, you know, real estate was raging hot. And so one day I went into my attorney's office and I said, um, what if my buyers walk away? What if the market crashes? You know, because nothing's on stable ground anymore at this point. I'm very, I'm very concerned. We've, we're losing time just because of all the weather events and material shortages and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sitting with my attorney and I said, you know, what do I do to protect myself? Cause I don't know where this is going to finish. And he um, went down a checklist of things. And he asked me if I had any uh, whole life insurance. And, and I was like, that is the strangest question I, mm-hmm. you know, expect from you. You know, why, why is that even relevant? And I was a little put off actually. And, and he looked at me and he said, no, no, it's a very serious question because cash value life insurance is creditor proof in the event that you get sued or in the event you can't pay back this loan to the bank because uh, it is a private secured asset between you and the insurance company you bought it. from." And I'm like, well, that's good information to know now. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that, you know, four or five years ago to hide some money away? And, um, but he didn't. So I, it stuck with me though. And shortly thereafter, I, I heard uh, an advertisement on the radio called Bank on Yourself. I call on the ad and uh, it was like on satellite radio. And the, the marketer on the other side, you know, was trying to get my name and info. And I wouldn't bite until they told me what it was specifically mm. and I'll be darn it's whole life insurance. So here I am 36 7 years old. I've never talked about whole life insurance in my life with anybody and twice in a week it comes up. Mm-hmm. So so I I decide You're paying to, attention. Yeah, well, all my senses were heightened because I was in a scared mode um of being able to to deliver the project but also be able to deliver it without owing the bank at the end of the day. So, so I was on a high alert. And so I, I basically put my head down started studying. What is this all about? And once I got into it, I was shocked that a, no one ever brought it to my attention at a younger age. Cause I would have loved to learn about that when I got out of college, because then I would have been able to avoid from 1992 to 2002, four market crashes and all the money that I put into my 401k plans and things like that, that can conventional society is being taught to put your money uh, only to learn 10 years later, you know, it's worth half of what I put in there. And then from 2002 forward, what happened again, you know, we had the real estate meltdown and then the mortgage meltdown in 2000, 2008. Again, all those assets I had in that qualified plan, 401ks and the IRAs, my um, CPA had told me to set up, did nothing but fail. So I basically had, you know, two decades that I can't get back. And what does the future hold still? And Mm. so, so, you know, if you or your audience members remember those days, it was extremely painful. And we're kind of right there again in, in our you know, condition of our country and the, the global stage. Wall Street is pumped up with a lot of inflated dollars since the PPP. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had the longest running bull 
rally in the steepest incline in the history of the markets, that pendulum is going to swing. I just don't know when. If I knew when, mm-hmm. that, that we'd, all, we'd all get rich quick, but I don't know when. But basically, you know, what happened, Jeff, is it my pain led me to a product that actually solves for eliminating downside risk to your wealth. And so once I realized that and the pain that I was going through, I said, well, if no one had told me and I thought I was in the know, (laughs) I worked with some pretty big, big companies. um, Well, then I'm going to set up shop and I'm going to tell as many people as I can and teach all the living benefits that you can have with a very simple concept, very simple product, just no one's teaching it to you. And Mm. because had I, had this instruction back out of college, it's a six-figure swing to my wealth just in that 10-year window, 18-year window. But from 2008 to current, it's a seven-figure swing had I just followed the simple instructions of you know bank on yourself. So I uh, got motivated to get out there and just teach and educate. And it's, it's gone nowhere but everywhere but up. Uh, in the meantime, and my clients and I have a, a great relationship. We never have that phone call, that dreaded phone call. Hey, uh, you know, the markets were down and your account went down 12% today, went down 20% today. I never have that phone call. In fact, it's the opposite with my clients. Uh, the markets went down 10% today and your policy went up today. How do you feel about that? Not to mention the tax favorability, which we can we can touch on in a minute. So there's my introduction of where I started <laughs> wow. and, and so where I am today. This is one of the huge points in my Dream Accelerator program um, and people that are considering being a part of it is what a lot of dreams get sparked in pain. Um, they get sparked when the thing we thought was what we were supposed to do gets taken away or gets threatened. Or, you know, something we've been doing for a while, the the security blanket of that goes away. And we're in this fear moment, this pain moment. And a lot of people just hunker down and hide and just try to make it through. And what I try to encourage people to do is pay attention. There might be something new that's trying to emerge as a result of this. Uh, I I ask a question a lot, like, what's, what's wanting to happen here? And you you described that in your story with these these two separate um, indicators from two different people unrelated within days of each other talking about whole life. And you're like, it peaked in interest. You did some study and then you you launched this top wealth agenda. You left the real estate um, focus. and you began learning and teaching and you have built a business off of this. Yep. That's exactly right. So what would you say to someone right now who might be in a pain moment? (laughs) Uh, There's a solution. There is a solution. Uh, Talk with people, talk with your mentors, Um, go back in time and retrace your steps. And, mm. and, and learn from some of those missteps. And, and the missteps weren't your fault sometimes. Sometimes they were, 
but sometimes mm-hmm. they were just missteps because unfortunately we're, society is, is conditioned and it leads you places and they're not always in your best interest. So that, that's, that's what I would say to somebody that's in a little bit of pain, but know for certain there is a solution and there is hope and you got to stick with that and just keep making those steps forward. There's, there's no other option. <laughs> I mean, in my situation, I was deep, I was out of the golf industry. Wasn't, I wasn't going back to that. The real estate industry collapsed and all the financial systems around it. So there was nothing for me to go, go there. And something showed up that I wish I would have learned. And I just used that, my learning opportunity there to teach it outbound. And I've been re- rewarded more in my life since teaching this than I was you know, ever before. I've been so blessed and rewarded for being an educator about this. And what's, what's interesting, you know, when you bring up the word life insurance, you know, that's the fastest way to, you know, uh, get the person sitting next to you on the airplane to stop talking to you is bring up life insurance. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I had to get through that stigma and, and once, once you break through and you've got these relationships, these relationships just open so many new opportunities for you. So teach what you're learning is another, you know, so pay attention to the pain. Those moments could be an opportunity to spark something new. Um, And then um, teach what you're learning. Can you help others and perhaps create something that could be a a life giver to you by teaching what you're learning? That's right. What you're discovering in the process. Right. And I've always loved the name bank on yourself because you got to do it yourself. And that, that goes with everything and with finance as well. You know, society is way too conditioned to get deep into debt, whether it starts with your student loans or in credit cards and your car debt. And now you're, you're just at mercy to all these debtors. And with bank on yourself, there's a way to eliminate those third-party lenders from your life. And when you get them out of your life, you become more confident. Uh, mm-hmm. more peaceful, more calm. Uh, you're also a clearer thinker because when you have that monkey on your back of, you know, the first of the months here, I got to pay this, I got to pay that. And if I don't, you know, they come after you, you know, here comes the notices here comes, mm-hmm. the, you know, so, uh, you know, debt, debt is, is painful. And that was my pain, right? I owed $40 million. That's a lot of pain and no income coming in to cover it. Right. That's right. So there was a timeline I had to hit and the end of the story, because somebody's probably asking, you know, what happened to that project? The end of the, we, we limped in and got 90% of the original people to close, which in, in developer language, that means you got your mortgage paid off. You got the construction loan paid off. So I got the debt cleared. Now, the bad news is the remaining inventory, which is where your profit is, you know, that was the money I was going to run with and say, we just hit the jackpot, was worthless, was worthless. You couldn't give away a condominium to somebody in 2007, 2008. And if you remember that movie, you know, the big short, you know, go, you go watch that again. It was a dirty, rotten time. 
And so mm-hmm. the remaining inventory was supposed to be my profit and my for all the four years worth of work. I you wouldn't have taken the keys from me if I was trying to hand it to you. <laughs> so there was no uh, pot of gold at the end. So I got a great education, and I was my takeaway was is um, you know somebody upstairs was trying to let me know this wasn't meant to be. It wasn't supposed to be that easy to get rich. And Mm. I made it look easy because had Hurricane Charlie stayed north, I would have made a lot of money, Mm -hmm. but I didn't. And so I had to, I had to dig deep. You know, I had two young kids at the time, you know, that I thought I was going to raise under a different uh, lifestyle Mm -hmm. and and it, it all evaporated. It was gone. So, so anyway, there's, there's where I've come, come from. And now I'm in a, in a place. And this is what I did to rearrange my life. The remaining value of the qualified plans I had, old 401ks, old IRAs, even though they got crushed, there was still some value in there, is I did what everyone said not to do, which is I cashed them in, I paid my taxes, and I ta- paid my penalties and used that money to open my own bank on yourself plan where now I have capital that's liquid to me, should I need it? You know, cause the, the, the challenge with those qualified plans is there's penalties and taxes to get at it. So it's like in jail. So if you, if you had an opportunity, you can't even get at that money without paying a big chunk. So that mm-hmm. was a lesson I learned in, you know, in my younger years that being liquidity short is, is not always in your best interest to try to save some tax dollars today. So I did the opposite of what I was told because I'd studied really, really hard on how and why. So I repositioned those dollars into policies, um, myself and my wife. And the coolest thing about what Bank on Yourself offers you is the lic- access to that money. And so when other opportunities showed up that I didn't even know I was, that would show up, I had capital I could deploy to take advantage of other new new business opportunities. So do you have to pay back the money you take from your whole life policies? The cash, the cash amounts? The cash value. So yeah, that's a great, great question, common question. So you let's just use easy numbers. You got ten thousand dollars of cash value in your plan. You have access to about 95% of that. So you could borrow 9500 mm-hmm. And so maybe you did have an opportunity and you deployed that 9,500 into something that's going to make you some money somewhere else. So you're in total control of how and when to pay those policies back. You're wearing both hats in the equation. You're the lender and the borrower, and you own the asset in the middle, which is the policy. So if you never paid the loan back, someday in the long-term future, let's hope, you're going to pass away. And they'll pay out... They'll pay out the death benefit minus whatever the outstanding loan balance is. So you could lose the policy. I mean, if you borrowed it and never paid it back. No, you wouldn't lose the policy. It's just, there's this an accruing loan balance. And when it pays out the couple hundred thousand dollars of death benefit, it'll just pay that out minus whatever the loan balance is. Minus the 9,500 if you took that out. Whatever. Yeah. 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 But that's not what you want to happen because you want to pay yourself back 
because as every time you pay that loan back, yeah, exactly. Well, you've, you're just, when you pay the policy loan back, it's like money going from your left hand to your right hand. And now it's liquid again in your policy for your next opportunity. So Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're in control. So whether it's as simple as buying your next car, you know, if you think about, you know, when you, you, you sign up for the, the auto loan and you got 36 payments and three years later, you've got the car, the dealer's got the 36 payments, right? Okay. That mm-hmm. was the deal. That was the deal. Or you could borrow from your policy and make and go pay cash for the car, strike the best cash deal you can. But now be an honest borrower to yourself and make those 36 payments back to yourself over the next three years. And at the end of three years, you've got the car, your policy has the 36 payments, and you've had three years of compounding growth on the total value of your policy. Because I didn't mention that. When you borrow against your policy, it does not interrupt your exponential compounded growth on your policy. If you don't have that financial tool in your toolbox, you're missing you're missing one of the secrets. <laughs> and this mm. is what, what I, when I got, I get mad about how come nobody knows this coming out of college that you need to, you need to build your own self-funded source of capital. And this is how you do it. You don't have to be a millionaire to do it. You don't, it's, it's just getting the process started. And then it grows on like a hockey shaped curve. You know, it's kind of slow in the, in the beginning. And then as you get into the policy 10 years later, 20 years later, 30 years, it just really hockey sticks when you need it the most for your future retirement. And by the way, it's so that, sounds, that sounds great coming out of college. If you knew that, yeah. what about someone like me? That's, you know, college was 1988, right? <laughs> yeah. When I was out of college, yeah. uh, and I'm in the later years of my life. Uh, not that I'm dying tomorrow or anything. I mean, maybe, but um, what what would you say to me about this approach of bank on yourself as a 56 year old? It, it's like I think we talked about this. Uh, it's like that proverb: you know, the best time to plant a tree was yeah. 20 years 20 years ago, and the second best time is today. So, all these policies are designed based on age, and they're. Uh, actuarial tables at your age to age 121. So they still work as advertised, whether you're younger or older, it's just getting them started and um, repositioning some of, you know, assets that maybe aren't doing so much for you right now. Money in the bank's not paying you anything. Savings accounts aren't paying anything. Money, uh, CDs aren't paying you anything. So don't enrich another man's bank when you could be building your own bank that does mm. a whole lot more bank on yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> so um, that's awesome. Uh, I, I love your story. Uh, there's a personal connection that you and I discovered on the phone a couple of weeks ago when we were talking, um, what was the date? You probably remember the date of hurricane Charlie when it hit Punta Gorda, Florida. Uh, it was East a river. It was a September, late August. Yeah, yep. late, late, late August. August. Yeah, late August, two thousand four. Yep. So, we were on a family vacation at a condo 
in Punta Gorda and That's heard that the hurricane was coming. And we just, we just got out. We started driving home. Um, so we got out two days ahead of when it, when it really hit. Mm. Um, and to talk to you now, 18 years later about this story, it's just, it's just, mm. I don't know what to make of that. It's just very interesting to me that <laughs> when we first met, you told the story and I'm like, we were there. Yeah. Yep. Like, I've never been to Punta Gorda since, you know, but I was there then. Yeah. It's rebuilt. It's rebuilt. It's still there. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Come on back. Water's warm. Yeah. It's beautiful. So, um, I want to tap into that, that moment of panic where you went to your lawyer and you're like, oh my gosh, what can I do in case I can't get closure on these people that have put the 35% down on and you start studying and you get this spark and you're thinking, Oh man, I could, that moment we said, I'm going to, I'm going to build something here off of this bank on yourself approach. Talk to me about the fears that you experienced in that moment. Describe what that was like. I mean, it was a mixture of hope and excitement of a new thing, I'm sure. And yet you had just gone through some excitement excitement, and then crash. What kind of reservations or fears did you have in that transition? Well, A was time. Because to, to do this, you have to get a, your insurance license. And so I basically had to reinvent myself and go study the state license uh, requirements, which is not easy. That is not a fun fun uh, manual to read. It is written uh, in a whole nother language when you talk about insurance vocabulary. So I was worried about time. How long was it going to take me to get licensed? And then just by me sharing my excitement around the community, not, not as an agent, um, I could see people roll their eyes. I could see people... Uh, you know, shrug it off and kind of dismiss what I was talking about because they, they, there wasn't a lot of buy-in because again, society's is conditioned that to walk away from whole life insurance, because there's probably been some bad products out there in the past. There's been bad agents out there in the past. And all it takes is a little couple bad apples to give uh, people the stigma and the connotation that uh, life insurance isn't for me. So I was concerned, you know, could I do it? Could I make a living out of it? Because right now my income was zero. It, it was zero. I had a, or I still have a fantastic wife, but, and she was a, a executive at a major bank, believe it or not. So I even had to go to her and say, we've been doing it backward. We're doing it wrong. You know, we put our mm-hmm. money at we put our money at risk first before we built a foundation, a safe guaranteed foundation, let alone we took away our liquidity by locking it up in qualified money. So, you know, we've been kind of living, you know, cash short month after month because we're, we're doing what we're told to do. And um, she kind of looked at me like I had two heads and that, that it didn't go over well. I'm going to tell you that she's like, I'm a, I'm a finance major and I'm executive at a bank. And you're telling me we're doing our finances wrong. 
I'm like, yeah, we are. <laughs> She's like, get out. So, <laughs> so that was a hard sell, right? So, yeah. And, and what I, so what I learned from that scolding is I wasn't prepared to properly communicate, properly educate. I was just kind of always selling on the, the excitement of it, it can do this. It can do that. It can do that. But I actually couldn't get under the hood and explain it from the ground level up to an educated mm-hmm. financial person. So I literally put my head down, studied for my license, studied for about two years straight on my own time, You know, obviously not making any money. And I even challenged the other bank on yourself agents around the country, um, you know, how they do it. And so I had to reach out, introduce myself and uh, tell them I'm coming. And they kind of even <laughs> detoured me because I didn't have any experience and background in that industry. And I said, I'm still, I'm still coming because I wish somebody would have ta- taught me this. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm not giving up on sharing this message. And believe it or not, when I went back to my wife, literally a year and a half later, and said, let's have that same conversation all over again. And we went through it step-by-step step of what we had accomplished for 18 years and what failed us, why it failed us, and what we could do about it. And after I mapped it all out, she bought in and we took that road less traveled. And I'm not saying to your, you and or your audience, um, pay your taxes on your IRAs and move your money now. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that's what I did. <laughs> and um, I can help people strategize what, how they can tack from where they're at to get more into this safe financial pyramid where their foundation is never at risk, always growing and always tax-free in the future. So, so that the scary thing was probably dealing with my wife back to your question and, Mm. and realizing society isn't looking for it. So I had to find a way to communicate and message so that it was interesting to say, I need, I need some of that. And how do I, how do I get started? So I hope, hopefully I covered Jeff, what, what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you said uh, society is not looking for it. In fact, with some of our dreams, society works against it. And that's I talk about this in my book. I talk about the dream crushers and the dream crushers can be a wife who de- rolls her eyes or friends that roll her eyes at the beginning or a father that says, you can't make a living playing golf. You're never going to make it big in the PGA, right? What are you going to do for your day job? You know, dream crushers, um, they, they squash our dreams sometimes. And then there's society that is built to line their own pockets, right? That actually speaks against what we're trying to do. Um, yeah. that, so it's an uphill battle. How do you continue to believe in yourself? You bank on yourself. So let's use that. Let's use that title. How do you continue to bank on yourself? Not just with a whole life policies, but just bank and believe in yourself as you're pursuing a dream when no one else is believing in what you're trying to do. How did you keep going for those two years? Was it just survival mode or what was it that kept driving you? It it was survival mode 
it was also my expectation to provide for my kids, my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a goal to be able to provide so my wife would have a choice to work, not required to work. And, um, and, and it, paid, it paid off. It paid off quickly. Because once I, I got my first several clients, my confidence went through the, through the roof because I could hear in their voices mm. how, how much I helped them and how much it, it shed light on what their future can hold versus hoping their future turns out okay. Because we don't work. Yeah, we don't work on hope. Uh, we work and we work on the guarantees and the uh, uh, taking downside risk out of the equation because volatility is what's crushing you know your every everyday saver because they're but they're saving in the wrong arena that is exposed to volatility. Yeah. I just wrote down that downside risk, taking the downside risk out of the equation. And here's what that's, what, your, that's yeah. what your dream, that's what your um, work fills the gap for people. It takes, yeah. uh, eliminates a downside risk to wealth. Yep. And guarantees yeah. what it'll be worth in the future. To have mm-hmm. guarantees is far more valuable than a, than a hope your account's going to be worth X when you get there. Because yeah. heaven forbid, if uh, you were 65 uh, in 2008, and you're planning to retire. <laughs> and and you're ministering to a lot of people where that happened. Yeah. And there's a lot of people scared right now trying to figure out can they retire or are they about to get crushed? And What's or yeah. exactly. Our phones are ringing with a lot of concerned people out there. And there's multiple strategies qualified money and your after-tax dollars on how to blend, make it all work. But again, eliminating downside risk and giving you assurance. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, now, so, uh, I would touch on, us, go ahead, go ahead. I, w- I would touch on something that's even more exciting. Okay. Cause you know, the, the tortoise and the hare, wherever we all know the rate the, how the, how the race ends, you know, I'm talking, I'm talking about being the tortoise with a big giant hammer. (laughs) And here's what I mean. As you're building this, this ironclad growing source of capital at some point in the future, things are going to go on sale. I don't know what sector it's going to be in. Is it energy? Is it travel? Is it real estate? Is it wall street? But when things get crushed by market influences out of our control, those black swan events, and things go on sale, and case in point, 2020, COVID, right? Wall Street goes down 40%, 40%. So all my tortoises in my client book were able to go into their policies and take a policy loan and buy Wall Street on sale good blue chip stocks at 40% discount. Now, remember when you borrow against your plan, you're still getting the growth on your plan as if you didn't borrow it. So you still got your exponential growth there. And <clears throat> what we 
didn't expect to happen is Wall Street actually rebounded pretty aggressively in 2020. You know, it crashed and then it was a V recovery. Not, no. not, not a long recovery, but my clients were actually patient enough to say, I'll wait three, four, five years. I just need the, the, the stock price to get back to where it was. I don't need it to exceed its all-time high, just return. And you and how much profit is it when you buy it 40% off and it just returns back to normal? Right. So, so a tortoise with a hammer can make all kinds of fun returns when everyone else is selling mm-hmm. at a discount. You get to be the one walking in to be the smart buyer. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be real estate next, Wall Street next, who knows? But just have build your, your foundation and be prepared to swing when the time is right. And, and yeah. talk about, do I get a lot of thank yous from my clients and reassurance when these things happen? It, it's, it's so gratifying. I've been given so much more in gratitude yeah. because from the education we started with, you know, which was years ago. And then these black swan events happen and my clients are like, this is, too, this is so much easier than it has than, than we used to do it, which was yeah. always turning on the news and watching did the market go up and down and go up and down, you know, we get to eliminate that. But yeah. Yeah. We, it's yeah fun. I, um, those of you who are listening, uh, we talk about this in the dream accelerator when, when times are tough, when, when you have to bank on yourself because no one else is um, he, Mark just touched on something. And we talk about this all the time. Remember your who, who are you doing this for? And Mark talked about this. He had three or four first clients and he started to see the benefit of his dream taking a reality in their life and the blessing that came out of that. Remembering that who is why you're doing what you're doing uh, keeps you energized and keeps you motivated to move forward. So even those days when Mark is struggling with his dream, because it's not perfect, there's struggles that he has today, taking all these phone calls, he can pull out that client portfolio and listen again to those thank yous and remember, this is why, this is why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for that person and that person. Remember your who. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I didn't, prior to, to doing this educational work, and I really call it educational because it it's a process because I have to ask my clients to kind of take a pause on what they thought they knew yeah, and let me start from this, the beginning and then we can get to the finish line. But prior to this job that I'm in, career that I'm in, Nobody ever really, re- my clients didn't reach out to me and, you know, say, you know, God bless you for selling me this condo. <laughs> right, right, right. And I never yeah. got, th- I never got that heartfelt message. Mm-hmm. Look me in the eye and say that. When I started hearing that from my clients, galvanized the mission. Yeah. And, and, and I, I'd be, st- I was stunned in the beginning. I'm like, did I just hear that? And. And and then a month later, someone else said it. Yeah, you're, then, you're making a real making a real difference, yeah. and people are your they're they're continuing to motivate you by saying thank you, and that that's a that's a wonderful place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What didn't I ask that I should have asked, or what would you like to share with my audience 
as a parting uh, word of encouragement before we get to all the particulars of how they can get in touch with you. What would you like to say to them? Well, I would say investigate. Investigate options that give you more choices and more control of your wealth. And don't be, don't be afraid to challenge the system because when you go home and turn on your TV at night, you're being bombarded with Wall Street products from every angle and it just becomes the norm. And I, I would just tell you to challenge that and look for these alternatives. There's guys like me and gals out there spreading this message. Um, and it's and it works. It really, really works. And then also, you have to pay it forward. Once you understand this, you the, the best gift I get is when my clients say it's time for you to talk to my kids, because I want them to know this as early as possible. They they just got out of college. They got their first job, and that HR department is just about to hand them that four hundred one k packet. <laughs> just yeah, and I, coming. it's coming and you know kids sometimes don't really want to hear it from mom and dad you know, you know they know it all so yes. so uh-huh. that that's another one of my, my favorite things to do is teaching this downstream and because it, it it's generational change there's it's inevitable because as as you've eliminated bankers out of your life as you improved your tax footprint and you're leaving a legacy behind it, which also is paid out tax-free and skips all probate and all that kind of stuff. So I guess I would just say to your audience, if, you, if you'd like to learn, take that step to learn. There's no downside yeah. to, the, to the education. And I would say what Mark has just said, apply that to your entrepreneurial journey too. There's a lot of you listening to this podcast because you're hoping to spark a dream that's been kind of languishing or it's being pushed down because of your grinding and just trying to make ends meet. Well, investigate, um, look for other options, look for places where you can be in control of your own destiny versus someone else's dream. Um, and, uh, take, take control of your own space with that dream. Don't be afraid of that because when you open the door to learning like this, opportunities present themselves that you could never have imagined yes. beforehand. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Good stuff, That's Jeff. Awesome. So how can people get in touch with you, Mark? Where's the best place for them to go? It's real easy. You just go to you know your internet browser and go type in book with Mark. And book com. with Mark. Book with Mark. And by the way, my name is Mark with a C. So M-A-R-C. Bookwithmark.com and... If you're interested in learning all these advantages, uh, they're not secrets. They've been around 200 years. Um, yeah. We go through a little little process of um, me understanding your financial landscape. And then I go to work and build a model. And then we present that model back online using screen sharing or Zoom. And, and we just go from point A to the end, which takes you all the way out to retirement past retirement and the legacy and you'll know what you can accomplish and uh usually it's a lot more it's usually a lot more than you thought was possible without taking any unnecessary risk wow awesome and i believe i've been on that site i believe the bank on yourself book um Mm -hmm. is linked in there 
on the website, correct? So if people wanted to go buy the book, read yep. it, they could do that as well. Yeah, I'm even happy if if you uh, just book with me on the schedule and I can get a book over to you. It's much faster. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for um, hanging in there uh, through, the, <laughs> through the hard times of Charlie and Ivan and seeing it through and not giving up and moving forward anyway because you're encouraging a lot of people uh, because you. you leaned into your pain instead of just trying to cover it up. Or medicate it. I appreciate that, Jeff. Yes. And we are in a very happy, safe, peaceful place at this point. So thank you for awesome. that. Yep. Very grateful for that. You have a great day. Thanks for joining me. Hey, fellow dreamer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org, for all of the show notes and links. And when you're ready to move from overthinking about your dream to actually taking action on it, consider joining the Dream Accelerator community. Our clients are getting crystal clear on their dream with our Dream Generator Vivid Description 5-Step Process. They're discovering the truth about fear and how to use it as fuel to take courageous steps in the right direction. And most importantly, they are walking a clear path forward because they have made an investment in themselves to confidently realize their dreams. The results are so inspiring. Having coaching and companions on the dream journey is crucial. Remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.